This is a true story. To find out what happens, what happens? when people stop being polite. Start getting. <laughs> to episode 34 of The Real World. This week, we're going to just talk about why I hate the new Christmas. And I know what you're thinking. Um, Darrell, don't be a Scrooge. Don't be the ghost that killed Christmas past. Don't be any of those things. You should be happy about the time that we're spending. You get to see family. You'll get a couple cool gifts. Everything should be all good. And you're right. Everything should be all good. But the way that Christmas now represents itself to me Um, is something that's not necessarily pure to what its original intent was. One of my big beefs right now is that as a society, um, myself included, so I'm not necessarily throwing stones at somebody, uh, but we're certainly addicted to retail. (laughs) We all love shopping. We love new things. Uh, Some of us love more expensive things than others, but we certainly like getting our stuff. And so, as an example, I want to tell you a story of a time in my life and how that story kind of paints the picture that I'm talking about. So, uh, when I say that we're addicted to retail, um, at my worst, uh, I was dating years ago, Um, I had an ex, and I thought it'd be a cool idea to buy her an iPad. Um, I think it was the iPad 2. And if you remember this, at the time when iPads were popping, if you wanted the the lowest gigabyte count, that was like 500. I'm pretty sure I got her the middle one, so that was 600 plus tax. Um, that was her first gift. That was the one that, you know, she would see the box under the tree and she'd be able to kind of guess it. We were living together at the time. A second gift I decided to pick her up was every time we went to Nordstrom, she would always look at these David Yerman bracelets. Like, you know, like the plain bangle with the little gemstones or precious uh, stones at the end that everybody has. I'm pretty sure like the standard woman outfit at this point is you got a David Yerman bangle and you had that big Louis Vuitton bag. Well, Shorty had both of those things. She got the, the bangle from me. Um... I believe that it cost me $850 before tax. So if you put that into perspective, um, I'm already $600 in because I got the iPad. There's another $850 that I just spent on the Bengal. Uh, I used to commute back and forth between LA and DC for work. So that's a flight <laughs> that I got. Um, so I'm probably just in terms of Christmas, just to spend time with my girl. Maybe let's just have a nice round number and say I'm like sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars in. And so why you think, you know, I'm a sucker for love or Shorty's got me pimped and she's just doing all of this crazy stuff. That would be one thing if that's just all that was there. She also decided to spend a lot of money on me. Um, at the time, the NBA was locked out. And so 
This is when the Chicago Bulls are good. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Bulls fan. So she got me tickets to the Lakers-Bulls game for Christmas. Um, it was our first Christmas together in L.A., and that's what we did. We went to the Lakers-Bulls game. Dope gift. Uh, this was the Kobe team, so you know this is when they were still good. Um, Derrick Rose is still the real Derrick Rose. This is before he blew out his knee. Um, just if I got that by itself, that would have been an amazing gift. That would have made my year, and it did. But on top of that, uh, Shorty got me this really nice Movado watch. And I don't know if Movado is still the brand that people were buying. Um, I think I got my first fake Movado in high school. I had a guy that basically found me in the mall, said like, yo, I stole this from such and such. It was fake as hell. But I copped it for like 100 bucks. <laughs> Stupid me as a kid. But I had a nice Movado. It was, it was like a $900 watch. Still got it to this day. I still rock it. It's got the black um, like rubber band. Like It's cool if I want to wear something. But she got me that as well. I'm glad that I have it and it's still in rotation. But the reason why I wanted to kind of bring up this story and point out these items, it wasn't just to say, look at me and look at all of the stuff that I have. Because if you look at me at this point in my life, I may wear some nice shoes, maybe a cool pair of jeans, uh, but I'm just as likely to be in some chinos. I have on a nondescript shirt or sweater, or if I do have on something, like I said, it's got some kind of cool writing that I picked up from some website to support some small business. So I'm not necessarily like the super brand guy anymore. But I say all of this to say, think about the amount of money that we spent together. We're talking well over $3,000 worth of stuff between two people. Um, so clearly we spent a lot of cash. Um, but if we talk about empowering each other, clearly cash on hand and cash is king. But access to credit is also one of those things that people in our age range, you know, in our early to, uh, early to mid 30s should be able to have. Like, and these are things that we're blowing just for one day. You know what I'm saying? Um, the reason that, you know, I bought all of these things for her. It came from a genuine place. But when I think back on it, you always think about how we buy people things to show our affection and how much we care for them. That's the killer part. If I don't buy you, you know, the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip and I just get you the G.I. Joe, will you still love me tomorrow? Will you still like your gift? And no, I'm not buying anybody a G.I. Joe at 36, but you get what I'm saying. Like, we got to do all of these bells and whistles or people feel some kind of way. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, Current Bay doesn't think that when she hears this, that I'm just going to go out and get her a Groupon deal and that'll be what I give her for Christmas. And maybe some socks uh, just because, you know, like I'm not that guy. I'm not the cheap person. And I'm really not trying to mess up my buns on my situation because I want to run my mouth. So, hi, Bay. But let's just keep it. Uh, uh, let's just keep it a, like a buck. If I'm being honest, nobody wants to give the cheap gift. I believe last year, I got everyone in my family a certain item that I probably shouldn't discuss, but they're very prevalent in households. 
and it allows you to watch TV. I don't know how they got the way that they got, but these people are using these items. That's all I can say about that. Shout out to them. They still use it to this day. Um, and this is one of the things that it really makes me think when I honestly think about just how we as people have come to love material items more than other things. And I'm not just saying that, you know, material items are great. Everybody wants to have like the cool car or the big house. And if that's your goal, you should get that. I just want to remind everybody for, you know, for argument's sake, when we were kids, everything was innocent. Anything that I got from my mom or my grandmother, it was always from the heart. It might not have been the most expensive gift, but it was something that I thought that they would truly like or love. And it made me feel good to buy it for them or to give it for them. I didn't get something just to say, like, I'm checking off boxes. Like, you know, you got the nice piece of jewelry this year or you got the dope trip or you got any number of things that you could have got from a guy or a girl just to say that, like, you know, you're getting it. Like, I just want us to all say, hey, giving something is great, but it's not the amount that you spend on it. It's what it would mean to that person. And maybe somebody does need the Gucci belt two times. I don't know what their life is. Just want to remind everybody that material stuff isn't everything. Mike, I'm pretty sure this Christmas, I haven't asked anybody for anything. There's nothing that I want. And that's not because I'm rich. I just don't feel like there's anything material at this point that I'm really looking forward to. Like, if I'm being real, imagine me in fucking like 60 or 70 and you've done fairly well over your life. What the hell do you want? There's nothing I want right now. Nothing that will be anything more than something that's junky in my house. I got an Amazon Echo that's sitting on, you know, some ledge in my house that I thought I needed to have because I copped it on Amazon day. It's basically a glorified speaker. I use it maybe twice a month and it tells me when I have Amazon packages at my front door that I see when I come into the front door. So what did I really buy it for? So I'm just trying to remind us all and to keep things kind of in perspective that material items aren't everything and that there are other things that we should cherish a little bit more. Which brings me to my second point. Um, I hate the way that families tend to go separate ways, especially around the holidays. Um, when I was younger, uh, what made Christmas specifically really cool my entire family used to come to my grandmother's house. Uh, my grandmother would have her aunts and uncles and her, you know, their children over. My grandmother would have her children, her grandchildren over. My grandmother's mother, my great-grandmother, like, they all came to the house and we would spend it together. And it wasn't, again, about getting a bunch of gifts. It was just fun to see everybody. And I'm thinking this as a child. Like, I love that time of year. I could play with some of my cousins. I could have fun with, like, you know, the older people. Even as a child, like, you could be around until it was time for you to get away. But there's that certain camaraderie that I feel is lost. And hopefully that's not everybody's family, but it's certainly my family situation. 
where as people get older, as people die off, we tend to, you know, do our own thing. So growing up, if my Christmas used to be, you know, filled with a house full of 30 to 40 people, now that number shrank to like eight. That's a huge change. And I love the seven people because Christmas is at my crib every year. Yeah, shout out to me. But I love that I get the chance to host Christmas and have the family over. But again, it's like seven people to come. And two of them are kids. They're the, they're the best part about it. Just seeing like the excitement on their face whenever they get something. So this is a reminder to everybody. Family is super important. I want everybody to, you know, try to bury the hatchet for whatever things that you got that are going on. Because I've certainly dealt with in my own family. Hey, I'm not coming to Christmas this year because I am mad at you. Nothing is that serious. If, the, if I guess the saying is blood is thicker than water, then we're all we got. Why is it that we're so quick to always want to throw it away when it's no longer convenient or it's not easy? Family's not going to always do right by you. However, for the most part, you know that family has your best interest at heart. Like, I'm pretty sure that my mom's going to say something really crazy to me around Christmas time because that's my mom. I probably do the same to her because this isn't just something to call her out. But that doesn't mean I don't want her around. My mom's famous words to me is, oh, you, you think you're my daddy. Like, you come at me like you're my father. So I'm sure that I crossed the line a little bit in terms of the things that I say to my mom, but I would be heartbroken if I didn't get to spend a holiday with her. I missed the chance to spend holidays with the family that we've already lost. So because my family circle is getting smaller until I start having kids, I certainly want to build something that's inclusive so that everybody gets the chance to have that feeling and just feel the love, regardless of whatever gifts you, you, know, you get it's not about the money. It's literally about your presence. Your presence in my life makes me a better person and makes me happy. That's my joy to the world, especially on Christmas Day. So please, anybody that has like a situation, you know, uh, make up with your loved one. Give them a call. Give them a hug. Invite them over if they live close enough. If not, you know, and it's possible for you to make that ride or to, you know, find a way to get to them to see them. Maybe you should consider it. Cost you nothing. So pay me an old mind. Okay. And now we're back with this week's Hate It or Love It. Um, I got mad hates this week. And it's just some stuff that's just really gotten to be annoying. You may or may not feel the same way that I do. But here's one thing that's really pissed me off. Instagram, you are number one on my list. I know that a lot of times you steal features from other people. You put Snapchat out of business. You killed Vine with, you know, having your own videos incorporated. And basically, you take everybody else's property and you make it your own thing. Not mad at any of that. Here is what I'm mad at. I don't care if somebody makes a comment on somebody else's Instagram-like uh, photo. If I make a comment on your photo and you respond to my comment, or somebody else asks me, cool, send me the notification. I could care less about the entire thread. I made the mistake once of uh, 
saying something to somebody and I've literally seen every response that that person has got for the last couple of days and it really is annoying. I don't feel like trying to look for the setting to turn it off. That was just a really stupid idea. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. My next big hate this week, and this one's like super recent. Um, And I don't want to say this as a joke because I think this is one of those things that to understand the gravity of the situation and why I feel the way that I feel, I have to be really serious. So a lot of people wanted to love LeVar Ball. He's trying to curate a brand. Yes, he's brash. He's going about it in ways. I know we didn't rock with him necessarily, but we liked his vision. We think about black wealth and you know growing things and all of that sounds good. And then you get to incidents where he pulls his kid out of UCLA because he was stupid enough to steal something and get indefinitely suspended. Now, I'm not a college-level athlete. But I do know how I can read and kind of educate myself based on just what people who get paid to do this kind of say. Leangelo Ball was a three-star athlete. Now, if you're asking me what that means, essentially, that means that you probably don't have the talent level to be a star-level player at a big-time college program. UCLA is a big-time college program. My school, University of Maryland, is a big-time college program. Most of the team is filled with guys that are four- and five-star kids. Your five-star kids are your top players, and they're your superstars. LeBron James would have been a five-star kid when he went there. Steph Curry, because of his size, was not heavily recruited. Steph Curry was a three-star kid coming in um, to Davidson. The difference being is that, you know, Steph Curry was a point guard. Uh, Leangelo Ball has the the build of a football player. He's 6'6". He's not an explosive athlete. He's a below-the-rim athlete in high school. I never saw him dunk. In all of the, you know, highlight videos that I saw from him, it was very much weird angle layups and jump shots. Doesn't mean that he can't play. But it also means that he's going to struggle at the NBA level. If you're not the most athletic person on your high school team and probably your college team, you will not be able to play in the NBA. This is just a fact. So LeVar pulls this kid out of school, and this is what you have. So now you've taken away his chance to have an education, which first and foremost, there's still some value in that. You've also put a whole bunch of pressure on him and not really giving him too many options on what he could do. Because let's just say that the NBA doesn't come calling next year because nobody believes that it will. Now I can't go back to college because they're about to come out with a sneaker and that's going to violate all of the amateur rules because he's got a sneaker. There are so many ways that this is so wrong and so stupid. And I don't like to say that about somebody making a decision because they're, well, His dad's grown and his dad's clearly done a lot of things smarter than I've done. But I do know that this one's wrong. I hate it. I hate it. I wish this kid would stay in school. Um, I'm going to pray for them that maybe they get some discernment or something that can help them through a little bit uh, from all of these tough times that they're having that they shouldn't. And 
I just got to wash my hands with it. Like, I certainly, you know, thought about copping a pair of the big baller brand sneakers uh, just to kind of support, but I can't just waste my money on something like that. Like, not when you're making moves this stupid. It's just a big no-no for me. Education is way too important. Uh, third thing I wanted to hate on this week. Anybody that watches regular TV or even cable knows that around December-ish, TV shows start having something that they call the winter finale. Now, in the 80s, I have no idea what the heck a winter finale was. I don't know if they even did that. But they'd start showing reruns at a certain point. Now, I get it. From a financial standpoint, I want to say regular TV shows have, you know, somewhere between 25 and 30 episodes a year, so they can't show, you know, your favorite show every week. But this whole winter finale thing, let's just say that, you know what, this is bullshit. Like, let me get this straight. You think it's a good idea in the climate that we're currently in to give me two whole months to find something else to watch on TV. This is why everybody binges stuff on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or whatever your channel of choice is. This is why the binge watch has happened. We don't want to wait anymore. We're way too impatient. I am impatient. I don't want to know what happens in January at the end of January. I want to know what happens next week. I want it now. Yeah, I'm complaining about it. I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. And the last thing that I'm going to hate for this week, um, it's way more serious than the things that I've had. So again, I'm going to remove the jokes from this. Uh, some of these topics that I've certainly picked, I don't really care about. It's just something to kind of play around with. But here's something that I won't play with. The RNC, uh, which most people may or may not realize is just the fundraising arm of the Republican Party has decided to endorse Ray Moore, or Roy Moore, excuse me. Here's why this is important. Everybody was running away from this guy a couple of weeks ago after all of these allegations came out. I don't want to say that, you know, I think that most people who are just accused of something should have the, you know, the ability to lose their life, you know? Like, I made a whole podcast about this. But there's something about all of these people that are willing to step forward for various reasons. So what we can't do and what we shouldn't do is have a bunch of people following behind you to support you for it. And I think that's probably my biggest problem currently with the RNC. At one point growing up, or I won't even say growing up, while I was in college, they were supposed to be the party of the moral, uh, they were the moral compass of the country. You know, the, the Christian right was very strong within the RNC and the Republican Party. They were our moral compass. They took the moral high ground on everything. This was their reason for saying, you know what, we think that abortion is wrong. They took that with so many things. And then we have a situation where we have a guy who's been accused by a bunch of women who, when they were underage, he had some kind of contact with. And it's proven out to be factual because people are pulling out evidence from some of these incidents. We don't know what happened, but you cannot give him money. 
And the only reason that we've decided that it's okay for them to give him money is because they want to win. Like, if this is supposed to be the party that's standing for morals, it's not okay for you to win at all costs. This is one of those times when I'm honestly going to say something really stupid. We need to throw out everybody. At one point, Mitch McConnell was very much like, hey, you know what? I see no credible reason to see why these women would do something like that, and I believe them. We can't back you. Now you're like, you know what? I'll let the people of Alabama decide it. No, there's some things that I'm not going to leave for voters. Voters are uninformed. They don't care enough. And because they don't care enough and they find these arbitrary reasons to like people, nah, you've just disqualified yourself from that. So while I'm clearly a guy that that's a Democrat and I lean that way, I have voted for a Republican because I thought he was a better choice than the Democrat that, they, that we were voting for. Shout out to you, Martin O'Malley. I hated you. I know you're Tommy Carcetti from The Wire. I would never, ever, ever vote for you. And I'm glad that you didn't get the nomination for president. It's my hate for today. But again, this is why I said we need to throw away everything and kind of start over. Um, everything has gotten to be about winning and losing, and there's no sort of compromise with anything anymore. There is no thing. There is no such thing as right. Like, I just want to be right. I don't need us to do things for the sake of it, just for winning. I'd rather us just get things right. If that takes compromise, we get things right. There was a period in time when compromise was a good thing. We no longer do that. We have so many issues in this country that are so polarizing that there's never the middle way that actually is probably the best way for a lot of this stuff. Sucks it has to be like that. So I've hated on a lot of stuff today, um, and I still want to keep this episode pretty short. Uh, I'm about 25 minutes in, um, but here's something that I love. I got the chance to go to New York this weekend, uh, caught the train up, the train is always cool, and I was looking to get uh, some merch for the podcast, so I'm looking to get some hoodies, I got a buddy that can screen print them for me, and so I decided to, um, I just asked him, like, yo, where should I go? Like, you know, I'm trying to uh, get a pretty good deal, um, I'm looking for these, so I want to get some promo going on, uh, get some listeners, uh, some merch give you guys the opportunity to get some of this stuff. But he just said, hey, uh, go to the fashion district, anywhere between 27th and 25th. As a non-New Yorker, I won't even front like I knew any of that. I just knew I got off the train at um, Penn Station and started walking. Now, here's the best thing about this. As a person that didn't know anything, I'm going from store to store like, hey, you got hoodies? What weight are they? Are they the seven ounce weight? Are they the the 50-50s? Like, what's the breakdown for the actual like hoodie? And when I say 50-50, 50% cotton, 50% polyester. That's my preferred blend because it's still soft. Um, but a lot of people are like, nope, we can give you 80-20, we can give you 70-30. I'm like, okay, cool. So we start talking pricing. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I'm gonna go to the next spot. I don't really like the ones at the next spot, so I'm gonna go to the next spot. And I just go to store after store after store. And then there was a guy who was clearly an immigrant. My man was like, yo, like, yeah, I heard you saying that you were trying to buy some hoodies. Hey, like, I can help you. Follow me. So he was standing outside this building um, that was like kind of off of Broadway. 
and we go in. The building looks mad shady, if I'm going to keep it real. And I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, if my man pulls a gun, he's going to get whatever I got on me. I don't have any cash or nothing on me right now, so he'll just be taking my wallet and my cards or whatever. But if he tries anything else, I'm bigger than him, so it is what it is. I'm going to just tough it out, and we're going to go in here. So we go in, you know, and lo and behold to me, I see some shit that I've never seen before. Different rooms with boxes full of stuff that you could buy. T-shirts, sweaters, hats, hoodies, whatever you were looking for, they had it. And we went from room to room talking to different people until I finally got the deal that I ended up taking um, and getting hoodies at what I thought was a really good price. The quality was dope and different, different colors, different sizes. So I was really excited for that experience. I kind of got what it was to be a New Yorker. It's definitely a hustle. I gave my man 20 for looking out. <laughs> Because I knew the woman didn't want to give me the price that he had actually said because she was really upset and started speaking in whatever her language was. She was like, hey, is that guy with you? Yep, that's my man. Yeah, like, we're cool like that. And she spoke to, like, a guy that was in her store in their language because she was trying to say something, obviously, for me not to understand. Didn't really care because I was still going to get my price or so I was just going to walk away with it. But I thought that that was really cool. Um, last thing I'm gonna love for this week, uh, and again, I'm gonna keep this really short. I love the sound of music. And I know you're probably thinking that, you know, given the time period that you're talking about the movie, nah, not that. But I love the sound of actual music. One of my favorite lyrics is that music is just what feelings sound like. There's literally a sound for every mood that you have. If I'm feeling down, personally, my sound, like, my song of choice when I'm depressed is Going Down by Chris Brown. Dope, dope track. I will sing that for you, but I got enough clowning from my attempts to sing whatever I tried to sing last week. Um, if I'm trying to get hype, and we're talking 2017, I'm still trying to hear March Madness. I think that's the best future song of all time. He will never top that, and that song is just fire. No idea what he says on any of the words, but the beat is fucking amazing. And so I'm going to keep listening to it. And if it's not that and I'm trying to get hype before a basketball game, I always want to hear Drake's verse on Stace Gaming. Because she wasn't what you're shooting in the gym. Like, if you don't know that and don't get hype, you don't like rap music. Um, if I'm trying to set the mood right with Shorty, I'm playing something off of Chris Brown's album. Uh, Love, What is it? Heartbreak of a Full Moon. Sip. Here's, a, here's something that you should pay attention for. I'm giving you a gem right now. Sip is dope. You'll love it. Um, it's a couple of tracks on there. Like I'm actually putting together a playlist that I'm going to give to people that I'm going to link through my social media page uh, of just some R&B from 2017 that I think that everybody will love. So I'm really that music connoisseur and I listen to this all the time because... I don't know anything else to do, and I don't want to waste money, so I'd rather sit home and listen to music and write and create. Um, last but not least, uh, I ran across the track that was on SoundCloud, which is my preferred method for finding new R&B. Like, I like certain artists, and so it'll give me artists that are comparable to them. And so currently, uh, this was something that I came across just the other day, something by a guy named Sir. He's part of TDE, um, Top Dog Entertainment. 
uh, has Schoolboy Q on the verse, does a does a cool like eight for him. Um, check it out. It's called Something Foreign. I'm a big fan of it. So, uh, please, please, please. Uh, here's the part where I ask everybody for a favor: leave any comments and ratings for me on iTunes. I'm trying to get my rating up so I can get moved to that front page so that people start seeing more of the stuff and the content that I'm giving to you. Um, so if you rate me, that would really help me out. Uh, if you're not an iTunes user, please use SoundCloud. Their rating system works as well. All of that stuff is transferable. Um, I want to give a thanks and a shout out to MSR Adam, who does all of the stuff behind the boards for me. He certainly is the reason for why my podcast sounds amazing right now. You know, uh, I want to give a a big shout out to my man Glow Sonic who did the beat. Um, these are just different things and avenues that I've done to kind of improve the quality of the content that I'm giving you. So I want to shout out to them. Um, thanks again to all of the other people that have helped me out. People who have, you know, looked over different scripts that I've written for episodes. Uh, none of your contributions are something that's um, going to be lost on me. Like I remember all of this stuff, and I can promise and swear to you, uh, any of these people that have helped me out, as far as I go, like you're coming with me. Whatever you can do, I'm certainly going to be that person to help you. Um, so again, this is episode 34 of the Real World. You know everywhere where you can find me. Uh, I'll see you guys again next week. We out of here.